Okay, good morning. Well, here we are. We're, we're week uh, three, uh, I believe it is, of our new series, The Gospel of the Kingdom. The Gospel of the Kingdom. I'm not going to spend a lot of time this morning retracing, uh, re say, saying what I said last week. I can't get the word out. I want to get this morning. But I just want to actually jump, jump right into this morning to Matthew chapter 24. And I just want to say a couple things here. Uh, before we get started, uh, Matthew 24, a lot of you might be familiar with this passage of scripture, and uh, in this Jesus is talking about end times and whatnot, and I'm not going to focus on all that so much, I mean, in verse 6, in Matthew 24, verse 6, we see that he said, there will be wars and rumors of wars, and we see that in our, in our country, in our world, but verse 7 talks about nation will rise against nation, and we see that. It says in verse 10, and many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. We see that in our, in our, in our world today. There will be lawlessness and we see that. But I just want to make, uh, I want to uh, go to verse 14 for a moment as we kick off this message this morning. In verse 14, Jesus says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. This gospel of the kingdom that we've been talking about, that we're going to continue to talk about, will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. You know, growing up and through the years of Bible college and different things that I've gone to through the years, I've always heard this to be, and that all, you know, the gospel needs to be preached to every country, to every people group, and that that hasn't happened yet. And although I can concur with that, I'm not challenging that aspect. I have also believed, and I continue to believe more and more, that the gospel, as we know it, has not been preached in all the world. It hasn't been preached in most of America. Now, I believe, there, I mean, one, one, from one aspect of what I just said, I believe there's many, many Gospels. Paul talks about that in, in Corinthians, uh, in Galatians, actually, in what things in Corinthians, if someone would come to preach another Gospel. I, I believe, though, in a lot of churches today, that there has been a form of godliness, but they're denied the power there. There has been, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more next week, but there also has been... Uh, Churches that will focus on one aspect of the gospel, maybe forgiveness is easy, a big one. Some will focus on grace. Some will focus on faith. Some will focus on healing. Some will focus on the supernatural and the gifts and different things. But I believe that the gospel of the kingdom, the full gospel of Jesus Christ, must be preached in every nation, in every culture, in every people group, in, in society. This gospel will be preached. And so, with that, you see, we've been talking about the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel, Paul says in Romans 1.16, that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is the power of God. The gospel is good news. It's 
it's not good advice. The gospel is about the finished work of Jesus Christ, his death, his, his birth, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, including his ascension, uh, and giving us the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> but, uh, and then when we talk about a kingdom, we talk about a kingdom. A kingdom is where a king has dominion. And we've been, and we've been, uh, we've given this definition that the kingdom of God, the gospel of the kingdom, is the redemptive, saving rule and reign of God in our lives. Let me say that again. The gospel of the kingdom is the redemptive, saving rule and reign of God in our lives. I believe the gospel of the kingdom affects our mind. It affects our philosophies. It affects how we think. It affects our health. It affects our wealth. It will affect our marriage and all of our relationships. The kingdom of God will, will affect our thought processes and will affect our sphere of influence and more. The kingdom of God is where a king reigns. It says in Hebrews chapter 1, Verse 8, it talks about the scepter of his righteousness. It talk, and I believe God's, the scepter of God's kingdom is righteousness. Righteousness and truth are the foundation of his throne. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. It's, Jesus said that the, he is, the kingdom of God is not here or there. The kingdom of God is within us. He told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, unless we are born again, Born of his spirit, born again, we cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless we are born of the spirit, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. We're going to talk a little bit from next next week. We'll spend a little bit of time in, in Corinthians. And, and, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, not every eye has heard. Not every eye has seen the things that God has given us. And, uh, and so, uh, not every, the gospel has not been preached. And, every, and there's a lot, so many people I've come across when I talk talking about the kingdom of God reigning in people's lives, and they don't—they've never heard that before. We see other kingdoms reigning. I'm not just talking about natural kingdoms like England and other uh, 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 kingdoms like Persia and different things through the, through the years and the Roman Empire, although that can can be included. But anything that is reigning. Anything that has dominion, anything that is controlling, anything that is enslaving, anything that has is governing what we do, what we say, or governing any aspect of our lives is a kingdom. It has dominion. If it has dominion over something, then in that sense of the word, it is a kingdom. It might not sit on a royal throne in some royal palace, but there's kingdoms over over businesses. There's kingdoms over families. There's kingdoms, and if, well, let me just take another to another dimension. If sickness is reigning in our body, then in that aspect, that is reigning. That has dominion over what we can do and, and whatnot. If, if, if finances, uh, you know, we can't serve God and mammoth. If finances are dictating what I can and cannot do, then in that sense, finances are governing my life. But the kingdom of God is a saving, redemptive rule and reign of God 
in our lives. Right, is this making sense so far? Just as we're kind of recapping a few things, but uh, I'm setting the, the ground for where I want to go this morning. <coughs> you know, we, we hear and we talk about the kingdom of God, and I don't think we even understand even those words. Something that has rule and reign and authority in our lives. We might say we have authority, but if something else is ruling over us, then that is usurping authority. That is reigning over authority. That makes sense? Uh, we call him Jesus our Savior, and he is. And we focus a lot about that in this church. He is our Savior. He is our healer. He is our provider. But he's also our Lord. And God reigns in this place. God reigns in this house. God reigns in the church. And his kingdom is not of this world. That means it, like a kingdom has boundaries. Some kingdoms are small. Some are big. But God's kingdom is not of this world. So God is not limited by jurisdiction of anything natural. God's kingdom is uh, the kingdom of God. But we've also been focusing on that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is within us. The kingdom of God is here. Now, I believe we're going to see a literal kingdom one day. And we're going to, and there's going to be a time when there will be just one kingdom. But the kingdom of God is here. And how do you know that the book of Deuteronomy says that we are the head and not the tail? We are above and not beneath. Folks, we are the children of God. And we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We focused uh, the last couple of weeks, and this has kind of been our theme verse from Matthew chapter 4. Jesus went about preaching. Repent. Change your mind. Change the way you think. Change the lens by which you see everything. Because the kingdom of God is here. Jesus went about preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And in doing so, he healed the sick. He healed every single disease. Because the kingdom of God is here. Sickness doesn't reign. Lack doesn't reign. Division doesn't reign. This society and culture does not reign in my life. God reigns. He's the king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. And unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. Verse 7 from Isaiah 9 says, And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no Amen. But we've also been talking about, we talked a little bit last week, God, the kingdom of God is not just automatic. It's here. It's alive. It's available. We have been redeemed, as John says in the book of Revelation, we have been redeemed and made by the blood of the Lamb and made as kings and priests to rule the earth. God has invited us as kings and priests where the kingdom of God resides, which is, which is within us, to participate. And his rule and reign. He, it says in Ephesians here that we sit together with him in heavenly places. It says in John, uh, Revelation chapter 3 that we sit with him on his throne. But we focused last week, last week we talked about how God has invited us to pray. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Last week we talked about how God has invited us to seek first the rule and reign of the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to us. 
We talked last week about how he's invited us to receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Because a day will come where everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but that which cannot be shaken will remain. We need to, to pray his kingdom come. We need to seek first his rule and reign in our lives, in our families, in our churches, in our city, in our regions. And we need to seek first his, we need to receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It can't be shaken. The kingdoms of this world, sickness, disease, anything that in this world, any other kingdom, any kingdom of this world, any person, any man, any flesh and blood cannot shake the kingdom of God. It is an unshakable kingdom. And actually, it will overthrow every single kingdom in this world one day. Every kingdom will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. He is King. Amen? So what I want to focus a little bit on this week is um, I want to stem it from a question is why don't we see more of the kingdom of God reigning over the kingdoms of the world? It reigns, it rules, but why don't we see more of the kingdom of God reigning? It's, in, in some aspects it looks like uh, other kingdoms are reigning. It looks, sometimes it looks like sickness is reigning. In our culture today, as wicked as it's becoming, it looks like other systems of government are reigning and, 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 and uh, lobbying the, the, the government to, to come against the Church of God. We see divisions of all kinds. We just read uh, in, in, in the, uh, Matthew 24 that uh, um, many will be offended, betray, and hate one. And we see all kinds of division and strife, even in the body of Christ. And as James says in James chapter 3, my brothers see things ought not to be so. Okay? Um, but as we talk about why we don't see the kingdom of God increasing and reigning in our culture and in the other kingdoms of the world, we must understand, again, as we talked about already, that the kingdom of God is not automatic. But the kingdom of God is also progressive. And we're going to be looking at that a little bit. And we're going to be looking at a little bit how the kingdom of God and this is going to be one of my major points today, that the kingdom of God brings opposition. The kingdom of God brings opposition. And we're going to see that. Especially as we progress in the kingdom of God, the more opposition the kingdom of God will bring. When I say the kingdom of God brings opposition, I'm not saying the kingdom of God is the source of the opposition. But it stirs it up. It stirs up that envy. Why? Because the other kingdoms want to rule. The other kingdoms want to reign. Satan from the beginning has wanted to become like God. And so Satan and his kingdom is going to influence people's minds. He's going to influence people who are not grounded in the kingdom of God, grounded in the grace of God, grounded in the, the, the scepter of his righteousness, grounded in who they are in Christ. His kingdom, his influence will deceive them. And they will preach another gospel. And they will preach another kingdom. And they, it will stir up other kingdoms. That makes sense? We're going to look at that in a little more detail. Let me just say this before we get into some scriptures. But it says, see, when God's redemptive rule and reign is at work in your life, any opposing system, government, kingdom, will become violent against his, God's rule in your life. Let me say that again, okay? When God's redemptive rule and reign is at work in your life, 
any opposing system, government, kingdom, will become violent against God, His kingdom, His rule, and reign in your life. It's just automatic. It's just the way it works. Jesus promised it. It happened with all the disciples. It happened with all the apostles. It happened to Jesus. It happened to Paul. It happened, it's happened throughout the church age. Let's go real quick to 2 Timothy 3.12. They could just kick off some scriptures this morning. 2 Timothy 3.12. Excuse me. I don't have time to get on to all the context right now. If you notice, if you ever read Paul's letters, I know we talk a lot about God's grace, but in all of Paul's letters, he talks about persecution. He talks about tribulation. He talks about things that will happen. Uh, he even says to Timothy, he says, Mark this. In last days, terrible times will come. We can mark it. We can count on it. But uh, second, um, 2 Timothy 3.12, I just want to highlight this verse. He says, yes, and all, and we've also learned the word all means, all, yes, all who desire to live godly, where? In Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I want to say it again. Yes, and all who desire to live godly, in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I don't remember exactly all it says, but I know in Andrew's commentary when he talks about persecution, he talks about there's different kinds of persecution. Are we, I know sometimes in some countries we see martyrdom, and we see other kinds of persecution that are more severe. And I know the persecution we sometimes see here in the Western culture is nothing compared to other countries. But there are different kinds of persecution. There is rejection. You know, when I started preaching the gospel the way I have these last few years. At the beginning, I thought, you know, when uh, this is the way I was thinking. Now, when I started getting on fire God and I started preaching the gospel of God's kingdom, that I just thought other people would just be on board. Way to go, Dave. You know, whether it be family, friends, or whatever. And not that we haven't had support, we've had. We've had tremendous support. But at the same point in time, uh, I've also, uh, we've, had, we've had people turn against us. We've lost friendships. We've lost connection with people because we preach the gospel of his kingdom. And and we've had even severe things happen. And I'm not going to go into all those details because I'm not going to glorify that. I'm not going to magnify that. But those who desire all, all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Are they against godliness? And yes and no. But the, 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 the subject of their anger and hatred is the Christ. Who's in us? It's other kingdoms. It's other governments. They might not mark themselves and title themselves a kingdom, but there's kingdoms of this world that want to reign over the uh, Christ, who stands for godliness. Okay, we're going uh, to dive into that a little bit more in just a minute. Um, but uh, follow me so far. All those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Okay. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, I've already quoted it, but it says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and his name shall be... Actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just go to it real quick. 
I can already just quote it in, but I'm already misquoting it. There's a, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of our hosts will perform this. God, God has given us a child. He's given us a king. And the government, and the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. The government will be upon his shoulders. I've already quoted them in Matthew four seventeen. Jesus went about preaching, repent, for the kingdom of God is here. He, he told us in Luke chapter 12, verse 32, that the kingdom of God is within us. It's not here. It's not there. But the kingdom of God is here. It's within us. Okay? Let me just, again, restate some things I've already kind of said, but a kingdom has a king. You know, there's a lot of churches and even groups we've had people come to our door at times, I too and they talk about a kingdom but they don't talk about the king we have other uh, groups of churches that will talk a lot about the king but they don't preach the kingdom gospel of the kingdom they don't preach that the kingdom of God is here okay, I'm not putting anyone down or anything down but, folks, Jesus is our Lord. We talk about many different things about He's our healer, He's our provider. But I'm focusing this morning that He is our King. He is our King. And He has dominion. And He is within us. This child, this King, this Son was born unto us. And the government is to be upon His shoulder. If God is Lord, and He is, if, and that Lord is my healer, and that Lord is my provider, and that Lord is my Savior, then His salvation, His healing, His provision, His peace, His love, the fruit of His Spirit should reign in my life and through my life. Anything that concerns me should be reigning in my life, my family, my body, my finances, and my relationships. Everything should be testifying that the kingdom of God is here. If the kingdom of God is not ruling in one aspect of my life, then something else is. And in that aspect, that is Lord. And it must be the throne. And it must bow to the name of Jesus. Amen? Why? Because the kingdom of God is here. You can't have two kings. You got one king. Okay? They cannot coexist. But government systems that rule... Okay, uh, sorry, I'm looking at my notes like what am I talking about? Let me just uh, define what a, a government is. And I'm not going to give all the definitions and whatnot. But basically a government is a system that rules. And there are many systems, including sickness and disease, including, you know, I'm not subject to the economy of this world. I am not subject to my paycheck. I'm under a different economy of a different kingdom. He is my source. He is my God. And the, I talked about this in, in months past, but, but, well, I'm serving His kingdom. 
And I believe we believe in tithing. We believe in giving. We believe in supporting one another. We are blessed to be a blessing. And we are part of God's kingdom. And I, I'll just tell you for us, for me and my house, that if we believe that the kingdom of God is here in our finances, God is reigning in our finances. We have we're doing better now financially than we've ever done. And we also give more than we've ever given. And it started with giving. I'm not pumping us up. I'm promoting and um, giving testimony that the kingdom of God is here. And finances don't control our destiny and what we do in day in and day out and week in and week out. Finances don't control where I can give and where I can serve and where I can be a blessing. I'm part of the kingdom of God and it is here and it reigns and it rules. And if God says it, I can do it. Amen? And that settles it for me. Same thing physically. You know, I know uh, with the, the weather and different things around here, uh, colds are going around. And even just the other day, I started going to weaken my immune system. And I'm just like, you know what? No, you're not going to reign in my life. And I'm not putting anyone down who is sick, but I'm not going to be sick. I'm not going to subject my body to sickness. Why? The kingdom of God is here. And it will rule and reign. And even the sickness comes. It's going to go. The back door is wider than the front door in that sense. You know, it can go. As fast as it came in, it can go out if not faster. Why? Because the kingdom of God is here. Okay? Um, but there's government systems that, that are, and there's different kinds of government systems. I've already, I've already kind of mentioned. Our society, our culture, wants to dictate what we can and cannot do. Our, our society, our culture wants to dictate how we can think, what we believe. It's getting worse. And uh, sick, I we talk about sickness and lack. Religion and politics are probably the, the most demonic government systems. Especially religion. And also politics. And I'm not under any particular person or group and as far as the people are concerned. But <clears throat> there's some systems in this world, some religious, legalistic uh, systems of this world that are very demonic. Also, uh, um, politics and, and uh, the society and culture that is trying to lobby those politics uh, to elect their kingdom and their system reign and rule in our culture. Making sense? So, my question is who is controlling you? What is controlling you? your life? Who is controlling your health? Who is controlling your finances? Who is controlling your relationships? Who is controlling your destiny? Who is controlling your schedule? Who is controlling your energy? Who is controlling you? God or something, another system? Yourself? Someone else? A spouse? A family member? A parent? Don't get me wrong, there's seasons for that. Some five-year-olds listening to this message can't say, Hey, Mom and Dad, you're not my king anymore. Uh, I'm not talking about that. We, we, for example, we give to Caesar, what Caesar and God's God. We we'll, we'll make ourselves subject to the king, as long as it doesn't oppose our, our God. That makes sense? You know, and, and I'm, not talk, I'm, gonna, I'm not talking about overthrowing some government system and rioting. But how many of you know that when Paul preached? 
when Jesus preached, riots took place. Not because he started them. Not because they started them, but because they opposed the kingdoms of this world. Just the fact that they were Christians. Okay? Who is your Lord? Who is your King? Other kingdoms of this world will demand worship. Some people, because of the sickness or disease they have, that sickness, that disease, is demanding to be king in that system. Whether it be the nervous system, the, uh, um, the blood flow, uh, there's all kinds of systems in our body. I can't think of all of them right now. But it just, uh, uh, there's things that want to control and be Lord. You know, when a, someone has some vicious disease, not only does it control their body, but it controls their finances, it controls their relationships, it controls what they can do, not do, it controls what, uh, it affects people around them, it controls what they can do or not do. The kingdom of God is here, folks. And it reigns, it rules. And the, king, the spirit of the Lord is upon us, and he has anointed us to preach the gospel and set the captives free. Amen? The kingdom of God is here. But let me just make it, uh, when we hash something I just said, which I want to go with this a little bit. When we see and enter the kingdom of God, when we preach about the gospel of God's kingdom, when we yield to his worship, and when we take a stand for God, then bam, the devil is offended. The moment you start seeing God's kingdom, and entering God's kingdom, and taking a stand for God, and preaching His kingdom, proclaiming, giving testimony of His kingdom, and proclaiming His kingdom, uh, or wherever you might be, and yielding to His Lordship, bam, immediately, the kingdom of darkness. Every principal and principalities and powers want to come against you to thwart that, to shipwreck your faith. And shipwreck, He'd have to kill, steal, and destroy. How many of you know that when you are not a threat to his kingdom. When you're not promoting another kingdom. That he, he, he won't bother you so much. But the moment that you start preaching the kingdom of God. The moment that you start going forward. The enemy wants to shake you out. Why? Because you are a threat to his kingdom. He wants to be Lord. It's one thing if you're letting him be Lord in your life. It's another thing if you want him to be Lord in other people's lives. But even the fact that he's Lord of your life, and you have that revelation, and you are living your life with not with the knowledge and revelation that the kingdom of God is here, the devil will try to take you out. That make sense? <clears throat> See? <clears throat> I think we already see this in our society at large, all around the world. The Christians are hated by the humanists in our culture. The Bible is hated in our culture. The truth is hated. Morality is hated. People are mad at us just the fact that we're a Christian. And we're seeing this become more prevalent in our society and in our life and in systems of government and whatnot. But it, let me also say it is biblical. For you to be hated, you need to be attacked because of Christ. Because all of those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 
That make sense? See, the kingdom of God opposes the kingdoms of this world. Satan wants to be king. And, and this whole humanistic philosophy, and I'm not just coming against them, there's other systems of government I'm coming against this morning as well. Where does this influence come from? Its influence comes from Satan. It's demonic. <clears throat> I don't have time to teach it right now, but in James chapter 3, James compares two kinds of wisdom. One, one that's sensual and, and, and worldly and demonic to the one who who's, uh, is pure and, 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 and treated in full mercy without partiality. The last part of uh, James chapter 3, James is comparing the wisdom of that demonic and the wisdom of God. He says, in one sense, he says, where there's envy and strife, there is every, there's confusion and every evil work. That's huge. But the wisdom of God is for peaceful, it's pure, it's, 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 it's uh, full of mercy without partiality. There's a difference between the kingdom of God. It brings peace. It brings mercy and grace and righteousness. It brings things back into order. It's good water. And he, he, early on in the chapter, he compares it with fresh water and bitter water or salt water. You ever tried to drink some salt water? It's bitter. Okay? You want to spew it right out. But fresh water is nice and crisp and clean and it's refreshing. There's two kinds of wisdom in this world, but, but where is the other wisdom? Where is all this envy and strife? Where does it come from? The evil one. It comes from his kingdom. But how many of you know we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son? <clears throat> but the humanistic culture is we see it more and more in our country. We see it going on very heavily in the state of California. But the humanistic culture is lobbying government to oppose us. It's reviling. It's barbaric. It's demonic. And it's trying to destroy us because of who we are in Christ Jesus. It's coming against morality. It's coming against these things. And so it's, it's distorting. It's, I mean, even in California, they tried to outlaw the Bible. And so it's, it's coming against the people of God. Um, but I, I want to, I'm not here to magnify other kingdoms of this world. I'm here to magnify and tell you today that the kingdom of God is here. And the kingdom of God is within us. And these other kingdoms will bow. Amen? They must bow because the king is here. They must hail the king, Jesus who is in us. But if we don't know what we have, if we don't know who we are, if we don't know the gospel of this kingdom, we will let these other kingdoms rule our lives. We will let sickness rule our lives. We will let lack rule our lives. We will let the society rule our lives. With the kingdom of God. Let's go real quick to Matthew chapter 10, verse 34. make a comment on here and some major scripture for me this morning which says do not think that I come to bring peace on earth I did not come to bring peace but a sword there's several scriptures that got kind of mind when I think of this word this, this, this scripture most of those come from Jeremiah where the Lord says it's not my word a hammer 
is not my word of fire, a hammer that will smack, smack the rocks to pieces. God is an all-consuming fire, folks. His kingdom is here. And we have received a kingdom that will not be shaken. We are to pray His kingdom come, His will be done. We are to seek first His rule and reign in our lives and our situations. And we are to receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It will not be even denied. Folks, when David came on the scene of Goliath, he knew who, whose kingdom he was of. He knew the covenant relationship. He knew the government, the covenant of that kingdom. And when he heard that the, uh, Goliath defying the armies of the living God, he got riled up. He established peace in Israel by destroying the prophets. And I'm not saying that we are physically going to come against other people. We're not going to be like them. I'll be talking about this more next week uh, in, in, in one of the parables I'll be talking about uh, next week. The, 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 the we and the tares. The parable of the tares. We'll be talking about that a little bit next week. But, <clears throat> but the, the kingdom of God is here. And we don't have, but at the same point in time, we do not need to put up with some Goliath to find our armies of God. There is sickness, there's disease, there's, there's people, there's things that are coming against the church of Jesus Christ, and we do not have to put up with it. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. The kingdom of God is here. It's within us. And we are to pray His kingdom come. We are to seek first His rule and reign in our lives and His righteousness, the scepter of His righteousness. And we are to receive a kingdom that cannot and will not be shaken. It will not be moved. quoted a bunch of scripture that I just was going to get to. But let me say this first. <clears throat> See, many want a gospel or a kingdom where we receive grace, we receive forgiveness, we are forgiven, but we don't cause any stir. And I'm not trying to cause stir. Again, I'm not, a, I'm not for strife. I'm not talking about strife. Because where there's strife and envy, there is confusion in every angle word. But at the same point in time, I am not going to let the kingdoms of this world rule the over me because the kingdom of God is here. That makes sense? And when I yield to the kingdom of God, opposition will come. Just by yielding to the kingdom of God, opposition will come. And some just go along with it. Some just get along. Not wanting to cause any waves. We'll live our little kingdom over here, and we won't cause any waves. But folks, we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. The kingdom of God is here, and the kingdom of God is to be increasing. God has redeemed us by his blood, and we have been made kings and priests to rule the earth. Okay? Isaiah 52, verse 7. I quote here a lot. It just comes into play here with what I'm talking about. It says, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who brings this gospel of the kingdom, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, and who says to Zion, his church, his bride, when the kingdom of God that cannot be shaken, your God reigns. God reigns! You know, when sickness is reigning in someone's body, 
and I get that phone call or that text or whatever the case, however the news comes to me. I'm here, I'm here to bring good news. I'm here to proclaim that the gospel of the kingdom and proclaim his kingdom is here. And I'm here to bring peace. How do I bring peace? I rebuke that sickness and I proclaim his salvation. I declare God reigns. I declare salvation, wholeness, healing over the body and peace in Jesus' name. Peace is not just, just cooperating with the sickness. Peace is getting them, get that sickness out of the house. I mean, we know in this house, if there's a spider, and we know that spider, there is not going to be peace until that spider is dealt with. We're not just, it's not allowed to just, just, uh, um, by the legislation of this house, it's not allowed to, to just seclude it into one room. No, that spider's going to go in Jesus' name. Right, Sherry? Okay. So, sickness is not allowed in our bodies. Black is not allowed. Whatever's going on is not allowed. Because why? We are here bringing good news. The gospel of God's kingdom. And we are proclaiming peace. And we are proclaiming salvation. And we are declaring to Zion, the church of God, your God reigns. If sickness is reigning, God is not reigning. In that situation, in that circumstance. Does that make sense? Kim God's here. But, uh, um, okay, let's switch gears a little bit here. Let's go to John chapter 14. John 14, 19 to 22, whatever you read. It says, and then, uh, again, I, I wish I could give you a little more context here, but, uh, Paul had just been stoned. Okay, how I many know that Paul. Paul preached the gospel, but he went through a lot of persecution. Verse 19 says, And then the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, and having persuaded the multitude, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went, went into the city. I mean, do, do you see this? He got stoned by the, in the city. He gets dragged out, thinking that he was dead. He gets, his disciples come. He gets back up and goes right back in. Stubborn as a mule, huh? And the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derby. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, where he just came from. And strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. We must do many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. If we are going to preach the kingdom of God, if we are going to proclaim the gospel of his kingdom, there are going to be tribulations. And that makes sense. If it's going smooth for you, then by chance, and I'm not saying that there's not going to be peace in the land, but if it's all going smooth, then perhaps you're going with the flow instead of against the flow. But when the gospel of kingdom is preached, there is going to be tribulation. There is going to be persecution. There is going to be opposition by the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness is going to influence others. Okay? That making sense? 
just because but just because we're going through tribulation, that doesn't mean we're losing. We're winning. We might uh, take some beats. Paul took some beats. Like being stoned. They thought he was dead. That's a that's a pretty big beating. Okay? But that doesn't he didn't win. I mean no Jesus is the resurrection of life. We have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen? Yeah. So let's go from here. Um, let me just say this. John the Baptist preached the kingdom of God is here. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus instructed his disciples, the twelve and the seventy, and in the church in Mark 16 to preach the kingdom of God is here. And let me just say that they were all martyred. They always hated the preacher. They were all killed. They were all persecuted. Again, we have a choice. We can either believe or reject the gospel of God's kingdom. Or we can receive or we can persecute the gospel of God's kingdom. We'll talk a little bit more next week, but some of the personal, some of the worst persecution that we will ever endure is actually coming from the church. Not so much the world. And I'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more next week. Okay? Am I making sense so far? Okay? Let me do, and one thing I'm just trying to bring out this morning that we are not independent of opposition. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is increasing. And the government is upon his shoulder. But what that doesn't mean, and I'm, but I'm trying to paint a picture that, we're, that when we preach the kingdom of God, when we go forward God, we will stir up opposition. But here's the problem sometimes. Sometimes once the opposition comes, some people, some Christians back off. And they withdraw. And they isolate. I'm not saying this about everyone. But some people won't take the punches. They won't take it. They will back off. And I'm not here promoting strife. I'm not here promoting reviling. But I am preaching that the kingdom of God is here. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Here's a scripture I'm going to be going to in just a minute. Again, I will add myself. Am I making sense? Right now I'm just trying to establish the point that when we preach the gospel of God's kingdom, we're going to stir up opposition. See, I believe throughout the ages, from Pentecost till now, great opposition will try to silence the church. Will try to silence the preachers. They, even in our culture, and even in the world for that matter, governments and systems are trying to control the way we even think. Just from things of morality, Things of just even gender. I mean, the world is confused between whether the male and the female. Right now, that. But how many of you know tyranny cannot take place? The kingdom of God is here. Jesus alone is king. Nobody else, no other system is king. Jesus is my Lord and He is my king. I will not bow my need to another kingdom. You can put me in jail. You can attack me. You can find me. You can even kill me. But I, like we read last week from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and even Daniel, I will not bow to another kingdom. And that kingdom might not be in some palace. 
that kingdom might not have a dungeon or whatever in that nature. But how many of there's different systems in this world? And some sickness, some disease, some lack, some whatever, is not going to keep me from doing what God has called me to do, who God has called me to be, and what God has anointed me to preach. That makes sense? I'm the kingdom of God. It's here. There is a king. Folks, we can all say this. There is a king in me. There is a king in me. That's not just words. You know, uh, that's not just some cliche. There's a king in you. There's a kingdom in you. Okay? And the kingdom and the kingdom of God will not be denied. It cannot be shaken. Folks, the kingdom of God is real. It is powerful. And if we will yield ourselves to the kingdom of God, we will see the power of God. We will see signs and we will see. I mean, we know in our society, you shoot a cop. You got you just you just deploy the whole force against you. They will hunt you down. They will find you. We have the kingdom of God at our back. We have the whole kingdom. We have the whole kingdom. Don't touch God's anointed. We are anointed by God. Don't touch. God's anointed. We have a kingdom that will back us up. That makes sense. The kingdom of God is here. Let's go to First John 4, 4. It says, You are of God, little children. That's huge. You are of who? God. You are of who? God. We are of God, little children. And I have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in where? The world. I want to read that again. You are of God. You are born of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. We've quoted this many times throughout our lives, most of us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Jesus, the King, the Messiah, Christ, the Lord, the Creator of the universe, the Redeemer of your soul, that your King is in you. And his King, the King that's in you, and his kingdom is greater than he that is in the world. The king who is in you, his kingdom is greater than any sickness. He's greater than any lack. He's greater than any situation. He's greater than any struggle, and any divorce, any division, any war, any kingdom, any tyranny, any uh, uh, wickedness in this world. The kingdom of God is greater than any other kingdom. We sang a song this morning. Sin was great, but Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater, and he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 
We have to know that. We have to, we have to see life through that system. The kingdom of God is here. We are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. He is my shepherd. I shall not want. As we dwell in the shelter of the Almighty, we have a kingdom that won't be shaken. And we can pray His kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can seek first His rule and His reign over the situations and over our lives, over our families, and over different things. And we can receive this kingdom that cannot be shaken because He who is in us is greater than He who is in the world. Church, I love that phrase, you are God. Because we are born of God. We are born of his nature. Jesus said his kingdom is not of this world. Paul said, I don't know man after the flesh. I don't know man after the flesh. We are not flesh and blood. We are born again. And if you're not born again, you can't see what I'm talking about. You can't enter what I'm talking about. Because Jesus said, you must... Be born again to see the kingdom of God. If you don't see the kingdom of God, then either you're not born again or your eyes are closed. But Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be open, that you would know the hope of his calling. You would know the power, the dynamite, the miracle, working power of God that's inherited by nature, working in you. Over every principality and power, and he put everything underneath his feet, the church of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is here. And folks, we need to repent because the kingdom of God is here. Amen? 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 Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, verse 11. Jesus said, Surely I say to you, among these born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. I love this. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he in John the Baptist. Verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. I want to go back to verse 11. He said, Surely I say to you, those among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, is greater than John the Baptist. John the Baptist is to be said to be the greatest of all the apostles, uh, prophets. That makes sense? He's to be the greatest of all the prophets. But Jesus said, those who are of the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. How can that be so? If Even if you are the least one in God's kingdom, he says you are greater than John the Baptist. John the Baptist prepared the way of the Lord. But those who are of the least, even in the least of God's kingdom are greater than even John. Who prepared the way of the Lord. Why? Because we are born again. Folks, that's not a cachet. That's not just fire insurance to go to heaven. 
But we are born again. We, we are born of His Spirit. We are born of the eternal and incorruptible seed of God. First Peter, let's go there real quick. First Peter one twenty three says that we are um, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides again. You have been born of God by his seed. Next week we're going to look at the parable of the mustard seed. We're going to look at the parable of the leaven. And we're going to look at the parable of the tares. And in the coming weeks we're going to be looking at a lot of the parables because God, Jesus in his ministry gave us parables to understand what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. We have been born again of the word of God, of the seed of God. And the greater seed who is in you than he that's in the world. That making sense? We are born of God. We, see, we have a supernatural standing in God's kingdom. Because why? We are born of God. And if you are born of God, then greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Again, the word dunamis, the word power, is the miracle working power of God that is inherited by nature. And it was inherited into our nature when we became born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, when you are born again, you can see. You can see. You can see and you can enter the kingdom of God. We have an awesome kingdom. We have an everlasting kingdom. It is a kingdom that cannot be shaken and his kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we seek first his kingdom, his economy, his righteousness, his righteousness, and seek first his kingdom, all these things will be added to us. We're of a kingdom. These are not just cliches. You know, this is not just words on the page. We are part of a kingdom, church. And greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. We are the children of God. We are born of and in the name of Jesus. We have the name of Jesus. We have the power of eternity, which I've talked about in weeks past. We have the sword of his spirit. We have the full armory of God. And our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel. And we are how beautiful on the mountains of the feet of him who brings good news. Who proclaims peace. Who proclaims salvation. And declares to Zion, his church, his bride. Who will receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You want God reigns. But we have to yield to the king. And we need to yield to his kingdom. And we need to operate within his kingdom. Because the kingdom of God will overcome the kingdoms of this world. Including sickness. Including strife. Including any legislation of government. Any system of government that is trying to control and rule your life. He who is over here is in your will overcome the world. And the kingdom, see, only the kingdom of God can break the power of darkness, break the power of sin and death in your life. 
the king, only the kingdom of God can break the power of sin and darkness in your mind, in your body, in your finances, and in your life at home. Only the kingdom of God are in you can bring reconciliation. See, where there's not reconciliation, another kingdom is reigning. That's not how the kingdom of God operates. Something else is controlling. Something else is ruling. And it's not the kingdom of God. That makes sense. But again, the question still resides, or resounds, why are we not seeing it? Why are we not seeing more of the kingdom of God increasing and ruling in our lives? Let's go back to Matthew eleven twelve. Real quick. It says, but the days of John the Baptist, until now the kingdom of heaven, or kingdom of God, suffers violence, and the violence taken by force. See, let me just mention this real quick. That a lot of times when people receive this violent force of another kingdom, they back off. They back down. One, because of what we've been teaching a lot in this church, they're not established in the kingdom of God. They haven't built their house on a rock. They built their house on the sand. I'm going to talk about that a little bit next week, too. But we need to be established in righteousness. We need to be established in His gospel. We can't just know it intellectually. We need to be established in His gospel. You know, there's kind of, I don't know how to explain it, but there's the only way I can come, come up with it. But there's almost like a silent theology out there. I believe it. Take care of my household, my life, my family. But I let everyone else kind of fend for themselves and make no waves. And I'm not just trying to riot. I'm, I'm not getting for rioting. But I'm not trying to make waves just to make waves and make a name for myself. But there's something in my spirit as I see other kingdoms and sickness and, and strife and stuff, there's, there's things going on. There's something in my spirit that's rising up. This is not right. The kingdom of God is here. And people in the church of Jesus Christ, and people, God has given us the power to preach the kingdom of God is here to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to preach the kingdom of God is here. And the disciples, when they did it, the apostles, they turned the world right side up. They put fortune tellers out of business. They were the have and not the tell. And not, they didn't, and when, the, when they were struggling, when they were threatened not to preach in Jesus' name, they said, Lord, consider the threats and give us more boldness. I'm not looking to riot. I'm not here to revolt. I'm here for giving more boldness to magnify and to glorify my King. How King Jesus rules in this world. The kingdom of God is here. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It is the dunamis, miracle, working power of God that was inherited by nature to us who believe in the gospel of his kingdom. Repent. Change your mind. Because the gospel, the kingdom of God, is here. Amen.
Let's go to Matthew chapter 12. Twenty-two to twenty-eight. I'm gonna to have to close pretty soon. I think a little longer than I thought. And then one was brought to him who was demon possessed, blind, mute, and he healed him. And the blind and the mute man both spoke, spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, "Could this be the son of David?" We're we'll looking at this a little bit next week. But now, when the Pharisees heard it. And they said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be, be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Verse 28 again. But if I cast out demons by another kingdom, by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. This is my, part of my point. Every time the kingdom of God moves, the people want to attribute the power of God to the devil. We'll look at that a little bit next week, but not. But every time the kingdom of God moves, the Pharisees, the religion, another system, another form of government, want to contribute the power of God, the power of the Spirit of God to the devil. Religion, and then what also politics can complain. It's, I, 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 like I said, I think it's one of the most demonic systems. It wants to enslave people, it wants to blind people, it wants to control. It wants to establish man's rule, which is the kingdom of God. We'll look at that a little bit next week. But if the devil is cast out, he said, verse 28, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. The kingdom of God will defeat every kingdom. But Jesus said, when I am lifted up, when I am magnified, when I am glorified, I will bring all men to myself. See, when the kingdom of God is preached, Satan goes. But when the kingdom of God is not preached, Satan stays. Let's go real quick to Luke 10. 8-11. He says, Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as set before you. And heal the sick there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. And whatever city you enter and he did not receive you, do not go into the streets and say, Go out to the streets and the very dust of your city which will cling to you. We wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God is come near you. I want to go back to verse uh, 9. It says, And heal the sick there and say, The kingdom of God has come near you. Folks, we are to come and preach and demonstrate the kingdom of God and tell them the kingdom of God has come. 
the kingdom of God has come near them. The kingdom of God reigns over every demon, over every sickness. You know, I'm not saying, I don't know, always know whether someone is possessed or not, and I'm not about that. But Satan has influenced people's minds. People have influenced people's decisions. Things that are not of God is influenced by one kingdom or another kingdom. And we can overthrow any other system of government, our rule and reign. Uh, we can't control people. We can't micromanage people. But we can preach the kingdom of God is here. We can cast out Satan. We can rebuke Satan. We are the head and not the tail. The kingdom of God is here. And the, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen. Matthew 13. We're going to spend more time here next week. I'm going to close with this. Matthew 13, 31, 32, we have a parable of the mustard seed. Another parable he, was, he put forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, is like a mustard seed, which is a man, a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and, and becomes a tree, but the fruit of the air come and nest in its branches. When the right verse 33, another parable he spoke to them, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal. And it was all, it was all leaven. Now before I make this point, we'll spend some more time with here next week. How do we know that the world is diminishing? The natural order of the world is diminishing. It's decaying. Just, just looking at the earth and different things. It's diminishing. Things of natural order are decaying. Things are physical. Things are fleshly. But I want you to know that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. I don't care how long you keep that seed. And it, you can shelf that seed for thousands of years. But once, it will never, <clears throat> in a sense, be. We'll look at this more next week. But when you plant a seed, no matter how dead it may seem, it will grow. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And when the seed is sown, when it grows, but when it grows, grow, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree. See, the point I'm trying to make is in Isaiah 9, 6 to 7, it says, of an increase of his government, there will be no end. The kingdom of God is like the seed. And when you plant a seed, it increases, it grows, it multiplies. But the world is decaying, it's shrinking. It's dividing, it's subtracting, and the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. Are you getting that? The kingdom of God is like a seed. We're born again of the incorruptible seed of Christ. See, we'll look at it next week in, 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 in Corinthians. But Paul writes, he says, if the devil had known, that killing Jesus' the seed, it would not it would multiply into the church. He would never have killed this the king of glory. 
It must die, a seed must die, so that it can grow. Have you know that we have put off the old man? And in the spirit of our minds, we repent. Kingdom God is here. In the spirit of our minds, we have put on a new man who is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. The kingdom of God is increasing. How many of you know in the kingdom of God, we are going from faith to faith. We are being transformed from glory to glory by the spirit of God. We'll look at this again more next week with the last parable that we looked at here. Verse 33, the kingdom of God is like leaven. And when you put the leaven in the lump, it increases. It grows. You have to, in a sense, hide that leaven in the lump so that it can increase. I mean, we know that the kingdom of God, we're going to look at the parable of the sower next week too, but we need to hide his word in our hearts. We need to sow it in the ground. We need to sow that yeast. We need to sow that leaven, and that it can leaven the whole lump. There is a progressiveness about the kingdom of God. We need to, we need to pray his kingdom come, his will be done, but we need to seek first and foremost that his word, his, his will, that his kingdom, his rule and reign in our lives. We need to sow his word in our heart like a seed. We need to sow his word in our heart like leaven so that it can increase the whole lump. We need to become established in who we are in Christ. And we need to keep praying. We need to keep seeking. And we need to keep receiving the kingdom of God that cannot be shaken. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is increasing. The kingdom of God is real. The kingdom of God is within us. And the kingdom of God reigns. The kingdom of God will take over the things of this kingdom of the world. Amen? Lord, we worship you this morning. We exalt you this morning. Lord, I know I share a lot of different things. Lord, but you know the message you have put on my heart. That despite the things that we may be going through. Despite the things that might be happening in our world, the kingdom of God is here. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Lord, I don't have time to magnify all the problems. I'm here to magnify Jesus. I'm here to magnify his kingdom. And I know that his kingdom rules. His kingdom reigns. And I will seek, I will pray his kingdom come. His will be done. I know that I will seek first his kingdom, his rule, and his reign in my life, in my family, in my body, in my finances, in everything that concerns me. And Lord, I will receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And Lord, I'm going to, Lord, I've been born again. I've been born again of your skin of your kingdom, and your kingdom reigns. We worship you, we magnify you, and we declare that your, our God, reigns. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks. We give you honor, we give you praise. Amen and amen. God bless you, have a good week, and we'll see you next week. God bless you.